from Nashville, Tennessee. Welcome to Music City 911. I'm your host, Brandon Hall, and sitting in again with me tonight is... Amanda Hatt. How's it been going, Amanda? Pretty good. How you been? I'm all right. Uh, I've been doing a couple of the solo episodes on my own and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, had a few other guests on and nice. uh, actually uh, guested on uh, another podcast here just a couple days ago, just w- was released another local podcast here out of Nashville called Time to Wind Down. And it was, that was a lot of fun. It's the first time I've been a, a guest on another podcast. So nice. hopefully I can do that more often. Mm-hmm. So tonight we're going to just go ahead and roll straight into what we were going to talk about and start playing a call. The one that we're going to lead off with tonight is Brittany Murphy. Uh, she was an actress for a while, died a few years ago, kind of under suspicious circumstances and very sudden. She was very young when she passed away, and there's been kind of speculation back and forth, and there's been a, not necessarily new, but a kind of recently released documentary kind of surrounding her death and everything. And uh, Amanda, she's seen this, and knows a little bit more about it we'll let her get into it a little bit too but we'll go ahead and play the call now just to just again this is something that happened sudden somebody in their 30s you don't expect them to die so this is uh you know it's one of those that when this uh, i believe it was her mother mm-hmm. that found her in this uh, call she absolutely was not expecting this at all so it's not very easy to listen to but we'll go ahead and play it and let you listen from there What's the address of the emergency? 1895 Rising Glen Road. What's the phone number you're calling from? Three. Tell me exactly what happened. Oh, somebody's passed out. Somebody what? Oh, somebody's, my daughter's passed out. She's, she's, they're doing mouth to mouth. Please get oh, here. Oh, quick, okay, please. okay. All right, we're going to. How old is your daughter? She's 30. Please help. She's 30. Okay, she's with you now? Yes, there's someone coming. Yeah, ma'am, you don't have to yell. We're going to send somebody out there, okay? Please. Is she awake? Please, no. Is she breathing? No. Okay, so somebody's doing mouth to mouth? Yes. Okay, all right. Did, ma'am, did somebody see what happened? No. <laughs> okay, listen to me carefully. Is there a defibrillator available? <laughs> Is there a defibrillator available? Defibrillator, do we have any? No. Okay, listen to me carefully. We're on our way. I'm going to give you instructions. Are you right by her now? Yes, yes. Are you right by her now? Yes, her husband Okay, listen is. carefully. I want you to lay her on her back. She is already. On the floor. She is already. And no pillows under the head. Remove any pillows. Is there any, okay? No pillows under the head. No, no pillows under the head. Okay. okay. Now, I want you to take a look inside of her mouth. Is there anything? Kneel next to her and look inside of her mouth and check for food or she vomit. She threw up tons of stuff. Is tons there? and tons of water. Okay, turn her to the Cold side. Water. Cup turn her to the side and wipe out her mouth and nose. Wipe out her mouth and nose. Is there anything in her mouth? Yes. Is there anything in her mouth now? Oh my God. Is there anything in her mouth? God. Is there anything in her mouth, ma'am? I don't think so. Okay, listen to me carefully. Place your hand on her forehead and your other hand under her neck and tilt her head back. Place your hand under her forehead, the other hand on your neck and tilt her head back. Put your ear next to her mouth. Put your ear next to her mouth. Can you feel or hear any breathing? Can you feel or hear any breathing? <laughs> Can you feel or hear any breathing? <laughs> yes or no, ma'am? Hello? 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 Just a minute, please. It just takes a second. Can you feel or hear any breathing? Can you hear anything, Simon? Yes or no? Yes or no? No. Okay. Can you hear 
Okay. Okay. All right. Listen to me carefully. I'm going to tell you how to do compressions, okay? okay. All right. Uh, I'm going to tell you how to do compressions. Make sure she's flat on her back, on the ground. Flat on her back. Okay. The Place the heel of your hand on the breastbone. He's doing it. He's in the doing center it. of her He's chest. You still need to listen to me, okay? Okay, go. Feel the heel. Place the heel of your hand on it. the breastbone in the center of her chest, heel right between the, the nipples. Put your other hand on top of that hand. The other hand on top of that hand. Okay, push down firmly two inches with only the heel of your lower hand touching the chest. Yes. Now listen carefully, okay? <laughs> Bump the chest hard and fast at least twice per second. Yes. We're going to do this 600 times. Yes. 600 he times. Is. He hasn't stopped. 600 times, okay? Just keep doing compressions, okay, until help can take over. <laughs> Let the chest come all the way up between pumps. Count it. Count out loud so I can, I can count with you. Okay. Count out loud. I want to hear. It's got to be at this rate, like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Keep going at that rate. Eight, nine. That's too slow. Too slow. Too slow. Okay, he's going. Fourteen. You're. You've got to be a little faster than that. Counting every other pump. But he's got to count each pump. One, two. Oh my God, we got to keep pumping, ma'am. Keep pumping. Don't stop. Don't stop. They count them out here. Each pump. Count each pump. <laughs> Is the door open, ma'am? Is the door open? Um, no. I'll go get it. We have to open the gate. Okay, you, he, somebody has to keep pumping on her chest. Okay, he is. If he can, stop, okay? Stop it, he And count them out loud so I can count with you. Count out loud. Uh, okay, we'll hear the gate ring. Please, why aren't they here? Ma'am, right now you got to just keep on pumping on her chest, okay? Yes, yes. Oh, my God. This is a house, right? Yes. Okay, keep pumping on her chest. we of rising blood road. Okay, keep pumping on her chest. I don't hear I can't hear him, ma'am. He's pumping. He's not counting anymore. He's pumping. Trust me. Okay, but I need to know where, where he's at about. What number are you at, honey? Clara, what number is Daddy at? Okay, okay. <laughs> ma'am, ma'am, ma'am. Okay, he's got to count out loud so I can I need, hear. He's probably at 200. No, he's probably like at about 100 right now. <laughs> So take him to keep pumping. It's got to be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Three. I don't hear him pumping, ma'am. Seven. That's the rhythm. Three, four, five, six, seven. Three, four, five. That's a little too quick, ma'am. Oh, no. It's a little too quick. Never. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Ma'am, I can't hear him pumping. I need to know where he's at, okay?
Did anybody see what happened? Ma'am, ma'am, did anybody see what happened? She was dizzy. She couldn't walk right. She's had a cold. Oh, my God. Is she taking any kind of medications at all? What? Is she taking no, no. no medications, no. nothing? Needs to keep pumping on her chest, ma'am. Oh, hold on, hold on, please. I just want to make sure it's not the other, that the phone, other phone ringing. Hold on. So in that call, uh, it, it was a call, hard call to listen to, you know, it's a mother who was, uh, you know, she, it, I think it occurred to her at least partially in the way of the call. I mean, she was already upset when she started, but, yeah. and the, the part where, you know, the guy, the dispatcher is asking if she would wake, is she breathing? When she says she's not breathing, she kind of really starts crying at that point. Yeah. It, I mean, it's, it's difficult. I mean, and that's something that both me and Amanda and pretty much everybody that's been there for any length of time, we've, we've had that thing where a mother or a father, somebody like that has found their, their child, whether they're two months old, 20 years old, 50 years old, has found them dead. And it's, it's never, ever a good thing, but getting onto the, the actual call itself, it sounds like they use probably the same medical protocol that we do. It's, it's pretty straightforward. Um, it's, it's, as you could hear there, the questions, they roll pretty quickly. If, if the person's, cooperative and, and given the right information and everything like that they the the questions really kind of roll out real quick and it can help get the first responders in route a lot quicker and also help while they're on the way a lot of people say why are you asking so many questions right well the reason for that is that you know in this case here it does take some time for the units to actually be dispatched and, and get out there it takes you know if you imagine a, a, a fireman at the fire hall and they they do send first responders so it's not just an ambulance that shows up a lot of these things they're in their fire hall. They have to jump up. They have to, depending on what kind of call they're going on, if it's a fire call or not, they usually throw on their turnout gear, or at least they uh, will bring it with them because there's always a chance that after this medical call, they might have to go on a fire run or something like that. So they have to get at least all that gear together, go and get in the, the fire engine, fire truck, whichever the first responder unit's going to be, and then from there make the drive to wherever they're going to. So a lot of people, just like in this call here, I actually looked at the time frame on it, and it was about four and a half minutes when she first says, you know, where are they at? And we get that a lot. In a situation like this, you really think that the fireman or whoever's coming, the responder in general, if it's police, fire, medical, whatever, it's taken them a long time, and the, the, the mm -hmm. call's taken forever. And in this case, it wasn't that long. That At that point, it was only four and a half minutes. The entire call was about uh, a little bit over eight minutes long. So it just give you an idea of how long it takes to, for all that to happen. It might take a minute or two to get in the truck, get moving, and then your drive time out there. So this was probably a, about an average response. It, I'm not sure how far away from the hall the, the address was they were going to, but still it's something that uh, 
that they had to drive to. And it, it takes a little bit of time doing that. So, but getting back to the, the main point though, while they're en route to this, that's where the 911 dispatcher comes in. And that's when we have our most important job. We're literally trying to save a life. Right. We're given the, the CPR instructions over the phone while the paramedics and first responders are on the way out there. So it's, it's one of those things that a lot of people, they, they don't really think about so much, just like we've, a lot of us are classified as just kind of secretaries and <laughs> that's just not the case. We're, we're actually helping save people's lives when this is, it's not just to start the units. That's not what we do. We, we really get into it, but getting back into this, one of the things that they asked for is their uh, defibrillator available. And if you don't know what that is, it's essentially the, the machine that reads your heart rate. And if it's not registering, it'll shock you back into, uh, into rhythm or at least try to. It's it's kind of one of those things a lot of, I won't say a lot, a few businesses have now, some private residences, they, they also have them. They're, I won't say they're cheap, but they're not really expensive either for a, a piece of medical gear. I think they run anywhere from a thousand up to a few thousand dollars for them. And for a piece of medical gear, that's really not that much. I mean, considering cost of some of the other medical gear that you can get, I mean, anything really, a, a CPAP machine, a even some medical grade humidifiers, they can be in the hundreds of not more dollars. So something like this, it's a, a life-saving piece of gear. Like I said, a lot of businesses are started getting it and some private residences have started getting those too. But, you know, it, it's, it's something that uh, a lot of people need to kind of look into if, especially if you have heart problems, if there's uh, anything like that. And, and if you're a, a, a family that can afford something like this, this is a life-saving piece of equipment. It's it's something that you hopefully will never ever have to use. Right. But it's it's something that if needed to be used, it's it's absolutely worth its weight in gold. So, but getting back to the questions that he was asking, he was really consistent in it. He was um, he was consistent and persistent in it as well because he had to ask some of the questions a few times to to get it across. Um, and obviously, in something like this, he was uh, actually kind of like me maybe a little bit monotone. Uh, it may have seemed like he didn't really care. Maybe this is routine for him. And in a case like this, you want to have that type of person. It, it This is not the time to, to be touchy feely. Right. You're trying to save somebody's life. Get it done. That's, that's my take on it. A lot of people will say, Oh, you need to be really, I don't know, nice to this person. Try to, you know, no, I mean, I, I hate to say it like that, but when there's somebody's life in your hands, get it done as quickly as you can. And that's exactly what he was doing. So I really commend that dispatcher in doing this like that. Um, but at the same time, the mother, she was relaying info to the person doing the CPR pretty well. I mean, wouldn't you yeah, think she so? Was. She was. Yeah. It, um, I was, I was pretty impressed with that. Even as, as shook up as she was crying and all that kind of stuff. Um, getting into the whole CPR aspect of it. When you hear that you have to pump 600 times, that sounds like, a whole lot. Yeah. If you think about it though, you're doing it twice per second. So you're getting 120 beats a minute and that's only five minutes worth. Now I'll tell you straight up. If, if you've never had CPR training, I mean, it's because it's 120 pumps. I mean, I'm, I've, I've always hated running things like that. <laughs> I can't stand running, you know, I'll uh, give me an elevator over steps any day. I don't care. But, um, so I'm, I'm not that, uh, my lung capacity is not that great. And if you start doing this, it really works on you. I mean, just doing mm -hmm. those pumps like that, doing it for five minutes straight. I mean, 
you'll almost need somebody to do CPR on you afterwards. But, exactly. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's five minutes to get this done. And, and luckily they were still kind of in the purview of that five minutes uh, when the, the paramedics actually showed up. And, you know, when they arrived, one of the things that you're also supposed to do, they were trying to get in the gate. It sounded like they're towards the end of the call. Uh, you're not supposed to uh, stop doing the CPR when they arrive on the scene just right there. They're supposed to walk in and directly take over for you when that's going on. Right. Um, that way there's no there's no stoppage. If they would have stopped when they came in the gate, there would have been a good probably anywhere from 30 seconds to two minute delay in or, or stoppage of this. And this is when somebody's heart's not beating, they're not breathing. Typically, if you're four or five minutes, three to four or five minutes, something like that, without oxygen, there's there's no coming back from that. You know, there's for the most part, there's a, a, a chance. But and I, I I think I've relayed maybe on the show before, but I think I've heard that the actual chance of bringing back somebody when CPR is necessary, the effectiveness of it is only about five percent, something like that. Is that yeah, what you've heard really too? Low. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, most of the time when CPR is given over the telephone, they're already probably well past it in the first place. There's it didn't say here in the call how long. I mean, I don't know if they if she just passed out right then and they immediately called or if they found her like that, they, it sounds like they may have found her like that though. I, I would imagine anyway. Mm-hmm. So, but that, that's kind of, you know, my take on the actual content of the, the 911 call itself. Now, Amanda, you've, you've actually watched the documentary. You've done a little bit of research into the, the, the case itself and kind of the conspiracies and things <laughs> like that behind it because there's, right. there's a lot of different twists and turns. Uh, give me kind of your take on it and, and just everybody else. So what, what you think just from that documentary and the research you've done? So this documentary is really interesting. If you haven't watched it, you, you should. The only thing I know her from, honestly, and we talked about this was Clueless. I was a huge Clueless fan because oh, really? I was, I would think I was in junior high at the time. So I was yeah, all about the right, plaid yeah. skirts and the, the knee highs. I looked ridiculous. And my younger sister even told me that at one point that I looked ridiculous. But anyhow, you should really watch it if you haven't watched it. Um, I know. The documentary, not Clueless. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we know it was her mother who called 911 and she did find her in, in the bathroom floor. Um, she says at one point that she has water and stuff in her mouth. Um, and then eventually her husband comes into the picture and he starts helping with CPR while the mom is on the phone with 911. So that was on December 20th, 2009, when she was found. And they did transport her. They did try. They took her to the hospital. Uh, they tried everything they could to, to get her back in, and they just couldn't. She was too far gone. And when they did the toxicology test, uh, they said her cause of death was pneumonia, anemia, and an overdose of over-the-counter medications. Her husband mentioned that she had been sick. She'd had the flu for a while. So they were just giving her lots of cough medicine and things like that. Now, her father doesn't believe any of that. Another member of her family doesn't believe any of that either. Uh, They think that there was something else that was going on. And the crazy part, when you watch the documentary, is that five months later to the day her husband dies, her mom finds Brittany's husband in the bed unresponsive and has to call 911 again. And we actually have that 911 call as well, and we'll go ahead and play it for you. It's about 11 and a half minutes long. And like I said, her mother was the caller on this as well. It's a house. Okay. It's in the cul-de-sac off the Sunset Plaza. Please get okay. here as quickly as you can. Ma'am, what yes. phone number you're calling me from? From the house. What's the phone number, please? I know. That's fine. Which is the correct number? 
house. All right, now Please what is don't the, worry about that. Just get somebody out ma'am. here. Ma'am. Yes. What's the problem? What happened? My son-in-law, he stopped breathing. All right. I am going to send help right while we're talking. Are you with him now? Yes. How old is he? He's 43, 42. 42-year-old man. Yes. And is he awake or not awake? He's, 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 he was just breathing, and now he's he awake stopped or breathing. not awake? He's sleeping. And he is not breathing, you said? Yes. Not breathing at all? Yes. I have sent the help out there on the way while we're talking. Did you witness Ma'am, help me out here. And right, I, hurry and I am, up, please. Ma'am, I need you to take a I breath. I know. Stop it. I'm the only one here. Then stop talking and start listening so I can use you to help me. Okay. Right, I'm listening. I what have to happened? put you on speaker. Put it on speaker. Hello. Uh, what? Did you put? Did you see what happened or not? He had fluid in his mouth. He, is he choking on anything? He was gurgling and he was, uh, and he snored. Okay, ma'am. And then he stopped breathing. All right, is there a defibrillator available? No. Okay, let's move on. I am going to, going to walk you through some steps here. Get right by him now. Are you right by him now? Yes, uh, lay him flat on his back on the ground, no pillows. I can't get on the ground. He's gigantic. He's gigantic? Yes. Is he in a chair of any kind? What? What kind of a chair is he in? He's in a bed. He's laying down. All right. Is he flat on his back? What? Is he on his back? Yes. Yes. Take the pillow out from under his head. Look in his mouth. Is there anything in the mouth? I don't think so.
hear or feel any breathing. We could be shallowly. Okay, could be is, is, is something I don't understand because you're the one with your ear next to his mouth. Please, do, why are you taking so long? What do, do I do? Do you feel any breathing on your ear? Do you feel or hear any breathing? I heard what you said. I heard what you said. It's a high bed. I can't get in position. Climb on, on the bed. You're going to need to be up there in a minute anyway. Get up on the bed. Are you crazy? Of course I'm up on the bed. Okay. So can you put your ear next to his mouth now that you're up on the bed? And tell me, is he breathing or not? Put your ear right next to his mouth. I can hear well. I can tell you. I can hear well, so please come up with plan B, okay? I don't know that you can't hear well, ma'am. Now I understand that, but the help is on the way. That's number one. Number two, we're going to do compressions. We're going to do compressions now. So listen carefully, and I'll tell you how to do chest compressions. Place the heel of your hand on the breastbone in the center of his chest, right between the nipples. Put your other hand on top of that hand. Now you're going to push down firmly two inches. That's a long way. Two inches with only the heel of your lower hand touching the chest. Now listen carefully. Pump the chest hard and fast at least twice per second. One and two and. Okay? We're going to do this 600 times or until help can take over. Let the chest come all the way up between pumps. Count out loud so I can count with you. Count out loud. Right. Two inches. 
inches. Two inches deep. Keep compressing. Two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two. Keep going. We're almost halfway. The fireman will be there soon. saved over 16,000 dogs, says she's been seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. She believes there's a link between canine health and diet. After extensive research, she developed Superfood Complete, a dog food pack with over 30 wholesome ingredients, including superfoods beneficial for your furry friend. Superfood Complete isn't just about deliciousness, though dogs love the taste. It's about supporting overall well-being. In addition to providing a healthy option for your pet, Badlands Ranch, the maker of Superfood Complete, also supports the Jason DeBus Heigl Foundation, which helps rescue countless dogs and find them loving homes. Dogs across America are trying this food and loving it. Go to BadlandsRanch.com MC901 and order right now to get up to 50% off your regular priced order with a 90-day money-back guarantee. If you want your dog to experience all these incredible things, go to badlandsranch.com slash mc911 today. All right, so listening to that call, that just, to me, you know, that, that was actually the first time I listened to it all the way through. Um, it, it just, it really amazed me because it, it was a night, and, to me anyway, it was a night and day difference between the call with Brittany and the call with him. And didn't you say that they lived in the same house, like all three of them? They did. Yeah, okay. they all they all three lived together. 
Yeah, so they were familiar, and this was, just like you said, five months of the day. You would think that in an instance like this that she would be, I don't know, like, to, to me anyway, you find your daughter dead, you know, obviously you're going to have some emotion to it. Five months later, going through the exact same type of thing, I mean, all, almost mm-hmm. to a T, you would think that that would just put her into almost a catatonic state. She seemed annoyed on this call. Yeah. Like every bit of this call, he was trying to, the, the dispatcher was trying to help every bit that he could. And she was just giving flack about it left and right. And the, the just the level of annoyance in her voice and her tone and everything. It was just, it was horrible uh, at the start of the call. It, you know, when she got into the actual CPR aspect of it, which by the way, you know, he, he she was, it was nearly five minutes in five whole minutes in before they determined if she was, if he was still breathing or not, mm-hmm. that is a long time. I mean, if, if you're without oxygen that, that long, there's, there's very little you can do about it. I mean, there's rare cases. I mean, we, we've actually, there's been a, a case once I think of a, about a little girl who fell underneath some ice and she was underwater for, it was like, I think five or six hours and they managed to revive her. Now the cold and the, the the water and things like that probably had something to do with it, but in a general aspect of you know humans, three to five minutes without air, you're pretty much either dead or brain dead. I mean, right. most of the time just dead. Mm-hmm. So five minutes into this, and no telling how long it was before, she says that she saw him, you know, start gasping for air or whatever like that, and. Yeah, she watched the whole process up until apparently he just completely stopped breathing and then called. Yeah, I I just... uh, It's very strange. I find it strange. It's really, really odd. I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, have your opinions on it and listening to these calls just like me. I don't know. I I didn't necessarily have an opinion beforehand. I'm kind of changing my (laughs) mind now hearing this. It's it's Mm -hmm. pretty weird. And and, uh, another aspect of the whole CPR bit saying that he's a huge guy, I can't get him off the bed. I've actually had a few calls where, and, and this is, again, it, it may sound terrible, but it's what you have to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had, a for one of them, I, I remember, it was a, an older woman, and she said, and this actually happens quite a bit more than you would think, she found her husband dead on the toilet. And, you know, um, she walked in after not hearing from him. He was in there for a while, walked in. He was not breathing, not conscious, and she was having trouble getting him off the toilet. You know, I was trying to get him down on the ground so we could start CPR. And granted, these are old people. I mean, th- these people were probably in their late 70s. And she was a small woman. He, he was a kind of a bigger guy. She couldn't pull him off. She couldn't grab his arm and pull him off. So I was like, ma'am, you, you have to, we're going to have to get him on the, on the ground. There's no way to do this without the ground as support. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I actually told her, I was like, I don't care if you have to get behind him and kick him off. Do whatever you have to. Right. Get him off the toilet, onto the floor and go that way. So, mm-hmm. I mean, she, the dispatcher was doing the right thing through that saying, we've got to get him flat on his back, all that kind of stuff. So worst case scenario with this, I mean, if you think about it, compressions, you're, you're actually pushing down on somebody's chest. You're trying to compress their chest down on a bed. All you're going to do, be doing really is moving their entire body. You may be compressing a little bit, exactly. but not like on a hard floor. Mm-hmm. So that's why we say, you know, get them down on the floor, not in a bed. So that that's one thing, but kind of getting back to the the whole uh, I don't know conspiracy aspect of it, um, <laughs> Amanda. I'll let you take over from there. It's this just gets weirder and weirder. You know, the, these does. two calls. It really does. So 
right after Brittany died and investigators showed up at the house, uh, they mentioned that they found, this is crazy to me, 90 different prescription bottles on Simon's, just his side of the bed on his nightstand. 90. 90. Oh my God. How do you get that many prescriptions? They did find some on Brittany's side of the, of the bed as well. Um, after Simon died, they went back into the house. He still had all of his prescription bottles. And on what used to be Brittany's side of the bed, there were prescription bottles for, for her mother. Wow. So when the investigators questioned her about this, they're saying that she admitted that she and Simon started sleeping in the same bed after Brittany died to comfort one another. <laughs> wow. Oh, my goodness. Comfort one another. That's, I don't know, it's just. It makes no sense. Who does that? <laughs> you can't see me. I'm shaking my head. It, this is just, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's too much. And like I said, I, I have not seen this documentary, so I'm hearing this for the first time. I, I need to, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to have to go back and watch this now. Uh, just you because, should. yeah, it's. It's, it's insane. It's, this is she, getting really, really weird. But Sharon, she completely denies that she ever even said that. She said that never actually happened. Well, I mean, I, I'll tell you straight up. I mean, I, I don't, in, in a house, I would think, uh, because he was some sort of like a film producer, screenwriter, something like that. Mm-hmm. And she was an actress. They had some, it's obvious, they had money. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying they were like mega rich or anything like that, but they had enough money to where they had probably a decent house mm-hmm. with more than one bedroom. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> there's no reason for her to keep any type of her medications there in the bedside table right next to it. That's, you know, that's uh, that's just so weird. It, so weird. It's super weird. But again, he dies, toxicology comes back, and he has the same... The same symptoms that that his wife did, that Brittany did. He came back came back with acute pneumonia and anemia. Just they said it was the same exact thing that Brittany died of, which is odd. Odd again, yeah. Super odd. Um, but back to Brittany's dad. Um, he fully believes that her mother is the one that killed both of them. So he like fought to have some toxicology stuff done on his own and he was finally able to get some of Brittany's hair and he says he sent it off to a lab and had somebody else read it off and they said there were all kinds of 10 different types of heavy metals that were found in her system that could have caused her death but the investigators from the police department the coroner they're saying that's not true at all um, that they tested her blood her urine her tissue there was absolutely no heavy metals in any of it all it's just so Weird. How do two people die of the exact same thing in the same house? Yeah, and and relatively close together. Yes. And you know, and that that was one thing um, that I had heard that there was kind of a, a mention that there was maybe a mold problem, something like that. And but why would her mom not have any exactly, symptoms of any of exactly, that? Exactly. That's makes what no I was getting sense. at. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, like, if they were all living in the same house, she mm-hmm. has no symptoms at all of that. And that that was what, I mean, I, I heard that on the news a lot or, or, or yeah. I guess, articles, things like that, that that may have been what was the, the, the cause of death for, you know, her and her husband, whatever. If she's there too, mm-hmm. especially in the same bed, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, that they, like, there's no reason that she wouldn't have them unless she's wearing some sort of a weird mold mask or something i don't know <laughs> right it makes no sense no sense at all uh 
gosh. There is so much weird, weird shit in this world. And this mm-hmm. is, this is no different than any other. I mean, it's shocking, just shocking. So one of the things we talked about off the air, uh, we were talking about how just kind of in general, the, the you know, the police, you, you said something about that they didn't have the same type of toxicology report. They didn't find this, this type of thing that the same things that when the father had his own done, mm-hmm. that they, that they weren't the same, that the police didn't agree with this. And, right. you know, generally I'm, I'm obviously for police in general, um, but at the same time, I think that if they have their own type of report, they're going to stick by it no matter what. Right. I'm not saying one or the other is correct, but it's it's kind of weird that when they did a what seemingly more in-depth toxicology report that they brought back all these other things with the metals and all that kind of thing. So it, it's it's a little bit weird. And you said something about the the father wanting to do even further on that with with his daughter mm-hmm. um trying to exhume the body you know what what right. was that all about right he wanted to have her body exhumed and do more uh toxicology tests and but the mom who had it was her choice whether or not to let that happen and she said no absolutely not and he fought it for years uh, trying to get the body exhumed to do more testing and he could never make it happen well, that actually kind of leads into the next thing that we were talking about is, uh, you know, what is the mother's motive in something like this? If mm-hmm. she was the one that did this and, you know, somehow managed it, uh, and truth be told at the point, I mean, she's not been arrested. She's, there's nothing mm-hmm. to it. If there is anything, uh, as far as foul play goes, it, it could be completely natural. I mean, right. weirder things have happened. It, it could mm-hmm. be, but at the same time, we're, we're not necessarily taking a position on this, but we are just kind of giving what the speculations are in, in this and what, right. what would her motive be in something like this? What, what did, right. what did they go over on this? Well, they said the speculation was that Simon wanted to leave Los Angeles and move to New York uh, with Brittany, but not with the mother. They wanted to leave her behind. Um, and apparently she was upset about that and, we come to Brittany dying and Simon dying. But by the end of the, the documentary, there was there was no conclusion. It just left you up again to to what you think may have happened. Yeah, and that's that's kind of I mean, I hate to say it, that's what we're doing here. I mean we're right. we're obviously not investigators. We're not right, you know, really delving into this so much, but at the same time you kind of form your own opinions. with all this I mean, I can't really say truthful evidence, but at least what we can gather, it seems like there it's not going to be a cut and dry, normal medical type issue. I mean, it's it. There's too many things that line up with each other. I mean, five months to the day, you know, in the mm-hmm. same bed, the mother sleeping with with the the husband. It's just there's so much. So weird. Yeah, and we'll never know. Yeah, well, it's just left where it is, and. What yeah. you think is what you think. If if she has gotten away with this crime, it, it may be the perfect murder. I mean, yep. the perfect murders, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Add the S on the end there. I mean, it's 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 pretty weird. So I think that might actually close us out for the night. I wish we had uh, a little bit more and maybe some sort of closure in this. But in the 911 world, there's a lot of times we don't get the closure on it. And even with this, with the, the extra info we have, if we went just by the 911 calls themselves, 
we kind of know what happened. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. two people died, but right. in the the investigation end of it, there's there's still nothing that has come concrete from it. No arrests been made, no nothing. So yep. it seems like it's a closed case. So yep. on he that note, it's totally natural. So yeah, going with it. Yeah, that's that's what what we're gonna have to live with. Um, that's that's all we can do. So closing off uh, this case, closing off this episode. <laughs> I mean, it was uh, fun again having you back on. Yeah. And everybody out there listening, if you wanted to come and join a conversation, join us on Facebook at Music City Nine One One, and also look up our uh, podcast discussion group. There's a lot to talk about on this one, obviously. It's Music City 911 podcast discussion group. Look us up on Facebook there. Also, send us a tweet on Twitter and check us out on Instagram at Music City 911 on those as well. And if you'd like to help out the show, jump on Patreon, help us out there as well. But until next time, I'm your host, Brandon Hall, and with me is Amanda Hat. We'll see y'all later. <laughs> <laughs>